Episode of No Class Podcast, hey. the unfiltered conversations, the everything you didn't have in school with your teachers. Mm-hmm. You're back with your hosts, Anthony J and Chantel. Yes. We sitting at the table. There's four of us here. What's up, everyone? It's Erica Celeste signing on from Isolate the Podcast. She's back again. <laughs> Third person at the table and the fourth person at the table. Fee, that's me. <laughs> hey, Fee, that's me. <laughs> Of like one of the kids, you know, so like that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was from all that. Yeah. So here is our opening question. We always start with our opening question. Okay. How did you respond, or what did you do when you first learned that Maryland was under a state of emergency because of the coronavirus? I don't know what to do in the state of emergency because the last time I saw a state of emergency, well, actually. It was like the city was, Baltimore City was in like a emergency state because of um, the uprisings from Freddie Gray. Yeah. So that's the last time I saw one. And last time I saw the state under a state of emergency was when we had a very big snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know what to do in those situations. Like, because even when um, Freddie Gray was killed and the uprisings happening, like I was still doing my thing. It's just they had like a certain curfew around that area but they never had it for where i was in baltimore like in my neighborhood like i i really didn't feel no effects unless i went over there to pennsylvania avenue so i don't even know i'm just regular so when you found out you was just like okay back to work and just yeah i was just regular if anything i text um our friend max because his um city he lives in seattle right now and they were in a bigger state of emergency because people had there were cases of people actually, actually dying there mm-hmm. um, from the coronavirus. So I had seen on BuzzFeed and on different news platforms that um, like empty and bare shelves from grocery stores. So I text him to kind of see what was going on. I'm just like, I want to know if the stuff's true because I got somebody on the inside kind of. And Seattle's a huge city. So I'm like, no way this is happening across the entire city. And he was like, yeah, things are shut down. I'm working from home. And my fiance, we're both working from home. We're getting on each other's nerves. like, And we just went grocery shopping. Um, the stores are shut down. And I'm just like, well, damn. I, I just texted him, too. And I was like, I don't know what to do in the state of emergency because mm. I'm just chilling. Like, all our store, like, we don't have to deal with bare shelves at our stores. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's odd. Because there aren't that many cases, but people are overreacting. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's odd. Because there are only, what, like, what, a couple of confirmed cases of the virus in the state of Maryland. And the weird thing about this whole thing is, like, if you work in the medical field, if you got a cough, you stay home. Do you know how much I would be coughing? I mean, you got to stay home for two weeks. And there's a lot of people who are coming back from vacation so it's like, well, you're sending everybody home without testing them to ensure that it is the, or is not the coronavirus. But then every few years, some disease pops up that's wiping out a lot of people. And mm-hmm. you, I, I haven't seen not a nail toe tag. 
I haven't seen. No, because usually when they're carrying them out, another confirmed case of the, you know, swine flu, bird mm-hmm. flu, corona, SARS, Ebola. Like, every few years, there's always these diseases, and I, it's either some country planning chemical warfare and just want to test it out and see how it works, or people just over-exaggerating, like, hand sanitizer is not available anywhere in mm-hmm. face masks. So is this a conspiracy to get people to buy more hand sanitizer, <laughs> toilet paper, and bread? Like, no, this isn't a blizzard. There's nothing else. This just means be high on high alert. But it also means that you should be doing something you already should have been doing, which is washing your hands frequently. Like, making sure that when you cough, you cough in a way that doesn't spread germs and cough into, like, your forearm, which people don't do, and it's disgusting. Um... So, yeah, it's, I think it's a loaded So, BS. when you found out, were you just like, mm, again, <laughs> and just kept it moving, or? Um, when, the only thing I could think of is I have, this one girl I know spent two months in China, and now she's sick, and I'm like, mm, I think you got it. <laughs> <laughs> she was in China for two months, and that's where the largest concentration <laughs> oh is. Oh, my gosh. So, I hope you didn't text her and be like, hey, I think you got something. Right. No, like, I She just, probably asked her, did you come from Wuhan? What? I just watched and I'm just she's like oh I'm sick but I gotta go to the Mm. lab and I'm like you gotta stay your ass home because you also have to think about like there were people who were infected with the virus and people were coming back from a European cruise and you still had everybody on the plane together I would have said not today Satan I would have got my happy (laughs) ass off that plane I'll catch the next one like they're shutting down flights yeah the places people are canceling their flights, so now it's cheaper to travel. Yeah, I was gonna say on so the plus side, like, get travel. your flights deals. Okay, if, you know, go to work, cough, and be like, "Oh, I think I got corona," and then go on a Hawaiian vacation because they're gonna make you stay away for fourteen days. That's that's a vacation. I'm like, well, you're making me go, so do I get unemployment? Yeah. Oh, oh god, so <laughs> yours is similar to mine. So usually I would be like, whatever, whatever disease is coming, if I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, whatever. So I was like, oh, they serious about this because all in one day was a state of emergency. Somebody sent something in our office. Like, I'm putting up extra wash your hand signs. Mm-hmm. Schools yes. might be closing and all this. I was like, oh, okay, so people taking it serious. Maybe I should. And I was like, maybe not. And I was like, oh, wait, I got a trip to end of this month. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to fly. And I was like, I hope they don't shut down the airport. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get my money back? What am I going to do? So usually I would have been like, mm, whatever. And then I was like, mm, y'all better get y'all stuff together about it in the March because mm-hmm. this better not interfere with my trip. Yeah. What about you, Fee? Um, I thought it was dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's just so dramatic. Um, <laughs> I listened to Dr. Drew. Wash your hands. Don't put your hands in your mouth. Don't touch stuff that you shouldn't touch, and then we'll be fine. Because all it is from different positions is a flu, and just like we had swine flu, we had—I mean, every bird con- flu, bird, swine. bird flu, swine <laughs> flu, chicken pox flu. We had a whole bunch going on. All right, Ebola was a thing for real, and Zika, all that. The Zika virus to this day, to this day, <laughs> when I think of, when I think of the every time I get a mosquito bite, I'm like, I got the Zika, because I. I, cause I that's how big it was. Right. The so- but yet, everybody's doing all this preparation, all these face masks, but, you know, you still have having sex unprotectedly. Like, you still doing random <laughs> hookups. 
Like, Go there. you're still sitting on the toilet at the public bathroom. Okay. So you're sneezing and your hands touching the doorknob. Right. Speak so you're on still it. touching buttons in the elevator. You're still answering the phone. You're still playing on your cell phone. We, you know, how many jerks are on these cell phones yeah. that we have, and we still use them. So I'm like, okay. Just call them doo doo phones. Yeah. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I get it, state of emergency. But you're right because there's no change. It's like they call it a state of emergency, but everything is still functioning the same. Mm-hmm. State of emergency. There should be different guidelines on what to do. How to do it, when to do it, but there's no. They just said it. Yeah. Like, did you just say it to a piece? We just gonna say it and like, continue. Carry on. I know this like, out here, but you know, do what yeah, you want. It's real random. Yeah, but oh, state of emergency. Like that's ridiculous. Why is your funky hand? <laughs> One it. of my friends on Twitter, she um was talking about um <laughs> being a nurse and working in healthcare and the coronavirus, and she she tweeted. I wonder how a mass quarantine works for nurses. Will they make us stay in the hospital? Because they damn sure are going to expect us to show up to work. And so I was like, I wonder, I was wondering how it was affecting healthcare workers in patient care. Like, did they ramp up the PPE? And for those who know what PPE means, it's, it's basic protective um, um, gear. Yeah, that people wear in like ICU, CCU, critical units where there are quarantines or like there's a infectious disease spread. Um, and so she, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, it's crazy because since the general public is out here buying up all the masks, there's a shortage. So our masks are now being rationed out to us. Other than that, her job has been really lax on implementing screening for people who come in with respiratory symptoms. So it doesn't even seem like it's a huge deal other than, mm-hmm. you know, like their basic stuff. Like, yeah, they're going to have to wear different masks and stuff. But I'm sure, I think for hospitals anyway, they're wearing different forms of face masks that mm-hmm. are um, more minus like they're more minuscule for like the droplets and stuff being left out in the air because mm-hmm. uh, that's how it really be spread not that little paper thing y'all try to put over your face because the pores are too big so yeah. you still gonna get it <laughs> but yeah. so classmates let us know um, how did you respond when the governor said there was a state of emergency in Maryland um, hit us up on our we're gonna do a question about it on our IG go ahead and comment on that Fee had to step away but she will be joining us again for our main topic we're gonna go to the next segment so next we're gonna move on to the honor roll so we want to shout out a few people who have been so great with replying to um, some of the questions we've um, posted for our Instagram some of the posts that we've had and the first one is Jazzy underscore Jesse. Always showing us love. We appreciate it. She answered a question related to Turn Up Tuesday. So that's something that we do. We, we like to, you know, every other week when we're not recording, we like to um, spotlight new music that we're listening to and have you all join along and give us your favorite songs. So um, thank you for that. And we have Diamond Daily. Um, so I posed the question and I reposted it on my wall but um it was some it was in reference to who are some of your favorite unsung black heroes remember our last episode we did an unsung black heroes episode and Diamond Daly she posted Thelma Golden so shout out to her for giving us that who's Thelma Golden Thelma Golden Thelma Golden you wanna look it up yeah (laughs) keep going okay so we have Gallo underscore Pinto time under the queer stories post shout out to maria um we did a post about queer stories which is an event that she has um put on and we love to promote it we do some of the coverage for it on our page um and 
there's another queer stories coming up at the end of March on March 29th, if I'm not mistaken. 28th. One of them, whatever the last Sunday is, yes, y'all. Last Sunday. Oh, March 29th. So it's March 29th at 8 p.m. at the Crown. We'll definitely give you guys some more heads up when you get closer to it. But um, the event was awesome. Anthony J. He was, um, you know, giving one of his stories, a few of his stories. And you were very funny. I was oh, like, oh my gosh, you. you're a comedian when it comes to a crowd of people in a live audience. It's amazing. Funny. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's what's up. But shout out to her. And then Miss underscore Nene, um, she posted something under the black business post that you used with the hoodie that you posted. Oh, yeah. Which was really cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Nene, yeah. Oh, Miss Nene. Mm-hmm. Sorry, girl. <laughs> All right, Roaming Rooster One. That was a place that Anthony visited for a Black Business Blast. You gotta go there. Get yourself a good chicken sandwich. Bump Popeyes and Chick Fil A. I'm ah! just saying. And he tore it up too. If y'all go look on his page, like he is smashing. Okay. And then we have Local Color Podcast. So I did um, a Black Woman's Business Blast, and we featured the Honey Pot because. As you all have heard in the news, they have had undergone some controversy in terms of um, people, white women, um, leaving disparaging reviews for no reason other than they feel left out the the, the plot, you know what I'm saying, but who cares? Anyway, um, so Local Color Podcast um, left a review or left a comment under there and he he stated that his fiance uses some of the products, so shout out to them. Um, and Maxwell Van Hook responded to the women's business question when we asked, um, what's your favorite black woman owned brand? And it is T-W-T-O-T-E and just featured by Google and one of his mentors. He shouted out. I think that is, um, Sharika's brand, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's cool. And the honeypot responded to our story and thanked us for their for our support. Hey. So we were very happy to see that. Um, love it. Hey. But yeah. So Thelma Golden is the director and chief curator of the Studio Museum in New York, Harlem City. I mean in New York <laughs> City in Harlem. Um, joined the museum as a deputy director of exhibitions and programs in two thousand. So Big up to you. Thank you yes. for giving us a piece of um, kind of like homework for us to research. Do some more research on her. Get to know her more as an unsung black hero. Love it. So next, we're going to move on to the report card section. It's report card time. Let me get my red pen. I feel like somebody's in for detention. It's report card time. All right. Um, so y'all know, as usual, we will take an item, a current event, um, something in the mainstream or maybe something that isn't in the mainstream. We'll talk about it a little bit, give it a grade from an A to an F, and then we'll decide who's getting a gold star and who's getting a detention. Who wants to go first? Who wants to tell our first story? I can go. Okay. Because this is a little heavy. So, um, closing up Black History Month, an Oklahoma college recruiter, he was fired from his job after he asked high schoolers to line up by skin color and hair texture. So, um, there was a college recruiter for um, Oklahoma Christian University and students from the 11th grade class at Harding Charter Preparatory High School visited on February 24th. You know how you're doing your college interviews and you're visiting different schools Mm -hmm. in your junior year so that you can apply and once you graduate, you're going to be going to school after that. Um, So this didn't go so well. He asked them to line up by light 
like by darkness to lightness in their complexion and the hell? um whether their hair was nappy or and then by whether their hair was <laughs> ah! nappy or straight wow yeah so um of course he was a white man i don't i don't, I, I just don't understand what? what that was even about well, yes yeah but um, some of the quotes in this article I'm reading from CNN said, he led a racist activity that was offensive, harmful, and inappropriate. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I'm mad at what happened. And I'm very, very sorry. Oklahoma Christian University President John DeSkyger said at a meeting Sunday. So we have the faculty and the um, administrators responding to this. Actually, this recruiter was fired at a, an hour after um, the college visit was over. So mm. they moved, they they responded to it very quickly. Yeah, but um, I'm just upset at, I'm thinking about, um, or actually I'm reading up on this article and it's saying that the students were very upset, they were offended, they were scared, like some of them were crying and, you know, just very upset and it kind of shook them. So um, they felt very uncomfortable. And one of the students was quoted as saying, I was like, okay, I don't think this is right. So, um, yeah, I just want to know what you all think about what's going on. I mean, they had every right to be upset, to be pissed off at everything. Yeah. I didn't know that the school moved so swiftly to go ahead and fire him. That was the absolute correct thing to do. Um, I don't really need to know what his motives was. That doesn't make sense to me why you would do that. I don't need to know the motives. Yes, he needs to be fired. Um, This is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. My thing is, I'm, I'm trying to think about like what I would have done in that situation because I was a pretty bold and mouthy kid especially being a debater and we spoke about like topics that related to people of color and black liberation so I feel like the little Angela Davis and me would have told him to kiss my black ass <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. But first of all we from Baltimore that's what we say to anybody we don't like like we, we straight up do that anyway yeah, I don't want to cut you sure. off but go ahead No, you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> Like, first of all, what are you trying to do? The paper bag test? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're going to be admitted. You're going to be admitted. Like, what were you going to size people up? Is this a slave auction? Mm -hmm. Ooh, ooh, I would have went off. I would have said, kiss my black ass. Ooh, whoa. Mm -hmm. I could imagine because my parents wouldn't let me go (laughs) on no college tour Mm -hmm. without them. No. Mm -hmm. So I could imagine what my mom would have done. Like, did they isolate them? So that they weren't by their parents and one of their parents just walked by trying to go to the bathroom like the fuck and yes. was like this is not right which is why they probably had especially in the day in the day and age of social media like if the kids would have tweeted or TikToked about it which is something that the young people do now I don't get it mm-hmm. but it would have been out there quicker so they would have had to have done something or I don't even know if they wanted to be like, we got a good one. Mm. We got a good, we got one of the good boys. Mm. Like, no. Mm. So yeah. I'm continuing to read this article. And um, some of the students were saying that he didn't even talk about anything about the school. He just was like, let's play a little game, line up from, you know, your complexion, darkest to lightest. Um, and I'm just like, I don't understand what the hell that was about. Like, any mini, mighty, mo catch a nigga by the toe? What is he doing? I, I don't know. And also... Um, I'm hearing that the um, school that the recruiter was hired at, they're they're doing like an immediate sensitivity training too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> I have a I have a problem with the sensitivity training thing, but 
only because like I feel like that's just such a buzzword mm-hmm. and I just need to know what that curriculum is like if y'all teaching out here um but I'm gonna give it a grade and huh it'd be very obvious for me to give an F to this recruiter because duh but I want to give an A to these students I think these students students handled it very well because despite them being young 11th grade children like you know um and being faced with this type of adversity as they were so open to you know visiting the school like i think they handled it pretty well in order to get him moved out swiftly like you had to there had to be something said um or a staff member had to say something right and and when you're when I, i remember being um in those recruiting sessions or like going to visit different schools with our college advisors from my from my high school um those were the advisors were on the trips with us so they were the staff that was with us um these were trips that my parents weren't a part of because this was during a school day Mm -hmm. um so that might have been the case for them and um i just remember us being taken around by whoever the tour guy was or whoever the college recruiter was so i know that that interaction was probably limited there probably there might not have been any parents around i can't really tell about about that situation but um the students handled it very well if this is something they did you know if they moved swiftly on that um and whoever their advisor was or the faculty administrator who who was on this college tour with them they handled it well too i'll Mm -hmm. say that so a for them Mm -hmm. who wants to go next i can go next I can go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, earlier, Chantel spoke about honey pots, mm-hmm. um, but we know that there was a lot of controversy surrounding their ad for Target um, during Black History Month, in which the owner of Honey Pot said that she, the reason why it's very important that her company exists that companies like Target support black female entrepreneurs because I don't know if you realize this, but Target has actually supported a lot of black-owned businesses. Yeah. Kaleidoscope, Honey Pot, Lip, the Lip Bar, so many black-owned, and even minority-owned. So, like, Native Deodorant is another brand that is minority-owned that is in Target. So, they're giving you a chance to small businesses and to small business owners of color. Mm-hmm. Now, people, I'm not not really white people had issue with the ad because she you know wanted to make sure that she was being um, a role model for the next generation of black women they did black girls they didn't like that part so they started posting bad reviews of the honeypot now a lot of you may say what is a honeypot it is not Winnie the Pooh's favorite item <laughs> it is actually a feminine healthcare system made by women for women um, and they actually are powered by herbs mm-hmm. that are natural. So it's, the reason why she created it is because she had BV um, and suffered from it really bad. And with a lot of feminine um, products, they don't necessarily, they haven't really changed much. Or they also throw off your pH balance, not to get too much into it. Oh, but we can. What, but what ended up happening um, was that a lot of, people got behind her, a lot of black people and showed the importance of their dollars and showed their support in mm-hmm. honeypot right now even still to this day to this day <laughs> it's sold out it is sold out of target and congratulations it is sold out online Congrats. collect your coins they pretty much did the same thing that 
that Black Friday did the crayon case. Like, <laughs> it is sold out. Good. And I'm a little mad because I wanted to try something. <laughs> so I talked about this in our previous episode. That was one of my homeworks. Um, because I told y'all before, like, I've really enjoyed using their products and I definitely, it made me feel so good to know that a black woman did this. Mm -hmm. And I told y'all in the last episode, because Erica, you know, she described her story about her her having BV and then the ancestors kind of like brought this recipe to her. I was just like, that's so black as shit. Like, I love it. (laughs) It's amazing because, um, you know. A lot of the intuitiveness that we have as black women, like, I, I love that she put that on Front Street. Mm-hmm. And that that is a part of her story of why she's growing her business. And that she wants to show people of color, black women in particular, and young black girls, that we can do this. And we can get the resources and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. And we can we can build a business from stuff that is organic and, and you know, special to us. I like that. Um, I also like that. Target is showing showing out for all the little ethnic hair care stuff and all the little all the um different cultures and stuff represented in Target. Like I think they are exemplary. Now I don't want to toot no horns out here just because sometimes that stuff be backfiring. But I'm a toot this just a little baby toot. Just a little baby toot. Because they always give they always show love to um these different brands mm-hmm. and I haven't seen them do like the ethnic thing where they're kind of like they brand it towards so that some of the stuff is more natural and we got curly hair stuff and all this stuff, but they're not like, oh, this is for black people, like, mm-hmm. or for people yeah. with curly hair, like la- Latina people, or, you know, women or something like that. So I appreciate that. Um, and shout out to y'all for pulling in support. I saw a lot of support from out. black men. Thank you. We didn't even have to ask you. One of the the tweet that I retweeted was from a black man. Now, he happens to be really good, like a really good friend of mine, so I know what he about, but I just appreciate when people stick up for other people who are minorities without us asking for that support, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I just appreciate that. I love how we showed and proved and we discouraged these other people, white women in particular, from doing anything like that. And I... Also want to add in that I find it ironic that these same people who are proclaiming that the honeypot's message that all she did was say she wants to be a um, role model for black girls. I found it ironic that they find that to be a racist like propaganda mm-hmm. when we have a president. We have so many other influential people who are shown in media who are very blatant and blunt with their messages about racism and discriminatory practices. Mm -hmm. But I don't see y'all leaving no negative reviews on the White House. Like, you know, just stuff like that. Like, I find it so ironic that you're very um, adamant about discouraging this black-owned business because you think it's racist when there are a lot of other people who propel racial tension in the forefront and y'all ain't got shit to say about it on on nobody's social platforms exactly so like i haven't seen a story about um trump's blacks for trump line of like political way just any of it yeah Mm. what do you think i'm saying shout out to people that pulled up and was like yeah i'm gonna buy and sell shit out Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like leave comments and stuff i love that i love that about 
um, us as black people being like, oh, I'm gonna pull up, I'm gonna support, I'm gonna give you all the love, I'm gonna help like build you back up, like mm-hmm. we ain't gonna let you just be torn down. I love it. I appreciate it. By the time that I figured out what was happening, it was like it was already done. It was like yeah. already handled, yep. like already like, handled. We already, got that's it. right. Yeah. We Olivia Pope the hell out that situation. <laughs> Thank you. Like we got this because yes. one thing black women do, we rally around each other and we don't give no fucks. Mm-hmm. Like we straight sure. come. If you gonna come for out, look, can your best. Who said it? Don't come for. Don't come for me unless I, I send, send for you. you. Yep. Thank you. And we ain't sent for you, so stay in your stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, Becky. <laughs> What's so your grade? I'm going to give the people who pulled because it wasn't even like there was some general consensus like we gonna support it. Nah, it organically happened. Yeah. So the people who bought Honey Pie, I mean, someone gonna have to send me some because it's so <laughs> bad. Uh, but I give them an A, and the people who decided to write so many negative reviews. I'm going to give them a C. And the reason why I'm going to give them the C because um, not all promotion is bad promotion. So mm-hmm. if they didn't write all those bad reviews, they then they wouldn't have sold out. So I'm going to give you a C because you because that's a cuss word associated, so that's a little <laughs> too harsh. But um, I'm going to give you a C because you should have got an F, but, you know, free promo. So yeah. get down. Okay. So our last item... Um, so I'll go ahead and just read the article from um, Yahoo. So First Aid Beauty wants to pay off your student loan debt through a new Fab Aid initiative. More than 65% of college graduates have acquired a student loan, which adds up to over $1 trillion in overall U.S. debt. First Aid Beauty is ready to help change that. The popular skin care brand sold, a mass, sold at mass retailers has introduced the Fab Aid initiative a commitment to pay off $1 million in student debt. First Aid's beauty mission is to rescue people from the biggest skin concerns, the brand wrote in a statement. Now we're launching the Fan Aid initiative to rescue recent college grads from the burden of paying off their student loans. So to be considered for the aid, um, you can be uh, or interested in 2018 to 2020 graduates from accredited four-year college or university and you're encouraged to apply and submit an application that includes about a two-minute video of how the student loans have affected your life. Um, so what are y'all thoughts on this? Um, I want to apply. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you. Because that money will literally erase all of my student loans. Because I'm in grad school right now, and I finish in June, and I got to start paying it back uh, next January. Mm-hmm. And I did the math, right? So in order for me to pay it off in six years... I have to pay $1,600 a month, and that's probably more like seven years. $1,600 a month for seven years to not be stuck with that debt for the rest of my life. And that's not even capitalizing the interest that's already on the loans, Mm -hmm. like once you start paying it back. Nah. So it's probably going to be a lot more. That in Essence. I'm going to hedge my bets because Essence is doing the same thing. They're teaming up with Grown-ish. And you also have to submit a video, but you also get tickets to Essence Fest. On you know from them and I think theirs is like ten or they're doing some they're doing it's free money so mm-hmm. it is um, what it is mm-hmm. um, and they and with theirs you don't have to be a current student you okay. could just have student loans because they did an episode about student loans mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen the last like t- it was like two three episodes ago yeah. but Aaron actually got his final bill mm-hmm. 
for what his student loans were going to be. The promissory. Yeah, Remember the, the promissory, promissory note that you have to sign. Exit interview from college. Exactly. So yeah. he got that number and he was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like completely shocked. Cause all some of us people, are. <laughs> yeah, because some people, the amount of debt that I'm in from school is what some people are paying for one year. And I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. Of, of private school. Right. Yeah. Of private school. But so I'm sure. like, some people get into so much debt. Like, I I literally tell my mom, I'm a house in debt. A good house in debt. I'm a good house fully renovated in mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality yeah. for a lot of it us, is. though. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would be such a great help. Not only that... But that will change the landscape of all these job offers from now. Like, we already know that for some of us who work um, in those, um, what is that program that they have for the government where they'll, um, you pay on time for 10 years and they're supposed to, um, um, crap, what is it? They're supposed to dismiss your loans or whatever. It's mm. some, it's, it's a program. I, I can't remember the name of it right now. Y'all know listening. But, um. Of the people who apply to those programs, it's a slim, slim percentage of people who actually qualify and get their loans dismissed. And you got to pay 10 years consecutively. You cannot miss no payments. 10 years? That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. And then I like that a lot of businesses are also, like, even Chipotle is getting in on the, we'll give you money for school mm-hmm. if you work at Chipotle. Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. This is changing the landscape of all these jobs. Now, when you go into your interviews for these jobs, what type of tuition reimbursement, but not only reimbursement, but what type of debt payment plans do you have for the schooling? If you're, if I'm applying to this job and you expect me to have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a PhD or any type of degree that requires extra schooling and mm-hmm. I got to pay money for it, what type of um, benefit can you offer me towards that? That's mm-hmm. a whole nother question being asked mm-hmm. now. Which needs to be because, mm-hmm. yo, if y'all still aren't, we we still find that places of employment are asking for those extra things but still isn't paying the quality for it. Nope. So, like, the least you can do is be like, okay, if I'm going to go to school for this, you're going to pay for me, pay mm-hmm. for this, or you're going to reimburse it. That needs to be happening. It can't just mm-hmm. be one-sided. That we take on all the debt yep. and still don't get the money to get paid so we can even pay off the debt from the employer. Yep. Yeah. Student loans has changed. We like we've said this so many times before. Student loans and the increased debt from student loans have changed the trajectory of our financial landscape in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one positive thing that can come from that. You know, all of us, especially us millennials who have gone to school, some of us have gotten degrees, some of us who haven't even gotten degrees because we probably couldn't afford to stay in school long enough to obtain the degrees. Like we're still suffering from student loan debt, you know, and the lack of education and things that we've had involving the process of applying for it. Like it was so easy to get the loan and then you come out, you can't even pay the shit off. Mm -hmm. So you get another loan for anything else. No. (laughs) And then your credit score is probably decreasing and which if that job that you're applying for checks your credit score, then it's a whole circle Mm -hmm. of job, the apartment. Okay. So how do you live? How do you thrive and how you be successful in this economy? You know what I'm saying? So I love it. I appreciate this company doing that. And I love Mm -hmm. the spotlight that it's getting. And it's definitely making me think definitely. It's definitely making me think really hard about the choices I'm making in terms of the jobs that I'm seeking. Right. Um, future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
So I'm gonna give first aid. Um, I said first aid. Yeah, yeah, first, first aid. aid. I'm gonna give first aid, and I'm gonna give essence. Um, an A for this. This is excellent. We need it. We need it. We need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a grade of a a D minus a F to um. I don't even know who I want to give it to because I just feel like at this point it's just corrupt and it's just robbery for us to still be doing this and for so much school debt to accrue and this be a requirement for people to do it but there's like no type of very few um avenues of forgiveness or reimbursement for it yep um and it's not that hard and it definitely has been made so i want to give a d or f to i don't know exactly who that is that has the power to start making changes to that but it's looking like it's the white house the senate Congress, or something we yeah. I, I i think and that's another thing, because we'll probably have a, um episode concerning voting and stuff like that, too, and legislation. Yeah, but yeah. we have the power. We already have the power because we're the ones who are suffering the most. Like, um, as a millennial, who has student debt? Who, who has student loan debt? And I'm being forced to make different financial decisions. Like, when we were coming out of high school and going into college and stuff like that around that time, that was when the financial housing crashed happen mm-hmm. so they had predatory practices that happened with that and then they received the stimulus package mm-hmm. like y'all gotta go back through and read and, and sift through all this stuff like this is just one cycle of a trend moving to another um mm-hmm. part of our finances right. you know so this is something that's been going on and now that we as millennials we're probably renting more because mm-hmm. we can't afford to own homes as much we have we're changing the landscape of the whole housing situation mm-hmm. you know so we have the power you saw what they did with the honeypot how much how much money did we move into the honeypot and now the stuff flying off the shelves mm-hmm. and probably increase this woman's sales by hundreds of percentage you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we have the power so i think that needs to be something incorporated in our legislation mm-hmm so we we need to do some research y'all just come on do your googles mm. see who's representing y'all and put put some of this stuff in y'all legislation and get that stuff on y'all ballots when we vote in this year mm-hmm. and i think we need to be um speaking up at our our um workplaces like if y'all have employee surveys and stuff like that mm-hmm. y'all need to be in, we we definitely need to be incorporating some of that in there because mm-hmm. these are the benefits that are going to be offered in have us kept at these jobs mm-hmm. you know millennials are supposed to be moving around from job to job mm-hmm. so often yeah. now mm-hmm. i was but, thinking that too like that would keep me if i had a job that said hey we want you to use your degree in your job figure out a way to do that it won't mean a pay raise but we will pay x amount of dollars a month towards your student loans yeah you know how many I'm people staying. would it like all you have to do is work for us for a minimum of three years mm-hmm. I'm staying people will stay mm-hmm. yeah. yep. I'm staying that's a retainer for me yep. yeah that's but like hey. extra income but you don't have to spend it yourself money yep. you only have to think about yeah that's one less bill so all right. who we giving gold stars to and who's getting detention um I kind of want to give a gold star to Fab Beauty on F- First Day Beauty now what do y'all think I want to give a gold star to all the um, people that supported Honey Pie. That's my yeah. gold star. Ooh, well, yeah. Too. I love. Yeah. I love you that. Know what? The whistle. Whoever snitched on the coach. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. <laughs> Snitchgate. Because 
again, I'm thinking about that story, and it happened at, uh, what was it, a Christian university mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff. I could totally see how that could be swept under the rug and mm-hmm. whatever, but... Yeah, the recruiter, especially, yeah, especially because yeah. it's Oklahoma. Like, that yeah, yeah. state is not known for... Yeah. That's a confederate that's, state through and that's through. That's one of them. Don't go around there. Yeah, States. you're right about it. And who's it. going in detention? The coach. The recruiter. The recruiter. Yeah. Okay, you got the. I keep calling him the coach. I know, but because it, it feels like a gym coach move. I, it totally does. Like, line up. <laughs> get off the bleachers. Get in the line. Yeah. Down the line basketball up, court. Like a darky. Y'all funny. Oh gosh. There's <laughs> too many y'all in one color. You know what? Straight the nets. Oh, Straight the nets. All right. So before she continues, that's the end of our um, gold star in detention. We're gonna go to a break now. Thank y'all. Okay, so welcome back, classmates. We have um, a few special guests here with us. Um, someone else joined us. Well, she was here already. <laughs> someone else joined us. Um, she's here to, to discuss a really important topic. Today we'll be talking about diet culture and body positivity and the representation of um, people of color, women of color. Um, hey, Fee. Hey. Hi, so, I wanted to get started by um, asking the group, do you all feel represented in the body positivity community? Yes or no, or how how do you feel represented? Uh, I think it's getting better. Because um, even, like, with clothing, right? A lot of places are starting to carry plus size, a plus-size section. But... The plus size clothes cater to what I like to call people who are uh, thin fat. Okay. So they are like fat? the like the plus size, like no no belly, no mm. you know, oh. or like the um, plus size would be considered more so like a Kardashian body, someone who's hmm. curvy, oh. more so than someone who's actually plus size. Yeah. So a lot of times when you're shopping, like I have to shop for stuff in advance. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't know what's going to pop up, what's not, stuff that's available. One size, you know, I might like something that's on the traditional side and it's not made in plus size. And I'm like, Hmm. ugh. Hmm. It's annoying. (laughs) What about everybody else? I don't know. I don't think um, I'm too well represented just because of body-wise, complexion-wise, you know. I'm not too thick. I'm a little shapy. But close for me is either... It's hit and miss. Mm. It's hit and miss. It's, I don't go shopping often because I can't find it. Like, it'll fit my waist. It won't fit my thighs. Mm-hmm. It'll fit my thighs, but it won't fit my waist type deal. So that's for me. I don't think it's too well. I think it's getting back up there with plus size. Plus size more so because you have the Lizzo's out there. It's making a very bold statement, yeah. forceful statement. If you don't want to listen to it, you got to hear her. So that's helping out in different aspects. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Anthony? Um... For me or for on black women? I'm talking about for you because, I mean, I think men are also, now, grain of salt, take it with a grain of salt, but I do feel like men are also a minority in the body positivity movement. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what what you think about it. I think similar to like what you're saying, I've never, well, I won't say never, it's not um, as difficult for me to find clothing when I go out and go shopping. I think it's more so of the representation. Yeah. It's that um, I am sh- 
short and slim and that usually what's shown on TV shows and movies is the guy that's like really built and really tall. Mm-hmm. So the representation in that way like isn't present. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have the problem of like being able to find, usually being able to find clothes that would fit me. But it's like I just don't see people that look like me yeah. um, on the screen most of the time. Yeah, and I think for me, um, I mean, similar to what you all are saying, like the representation, but in terms of finding clothes, like I'm also in the middle where I'm not particularly on plus size, but I'm not on the normal, quote unquote, normal size range. And so when I'm always in between, like there are things that I can't even wear certain things. You know what? I'm going to start on that because... As a woman who is thick, who is shapely, and, you know, may if you may have bigger breasts mm-hmm. or if you have bigger thighs or a bigger butt or smaller, whatever, when you wear certain clothes that look different on a model and you come outside and you look thicker in it, people people give you claims that the way you're dressed may seem a little derogatory or um, mm-hmm. just doesn't represent a certain class, you know? Yeah. So, that's always been my issue. Like, every time I go to try things on, I have to think about what the world thinks of me. How they're going to perceive it. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if they're going to think that I'm trying to be scandalous because this model who might be, you know, 5'10 and 130 pounds is right. wearing it and she looks different than myself, I'm 5'8". I'm like 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, I'm always going to look completely different in an outfit. And I'm like, what, you know, like the whole knee length check. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. different on me than it does on a woman who's of that stature and of that um, size. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and um, another thing I wanted to point out is that we are not seeing a lot of um, representation in terms of people with disabilities, mm-hmm. yeah. um, other people of color, Native Americans. Um, you know, different traditional garbs that they might wear, like, and then we go into that whole appropriation thing. So I'm just like, it's always like a, a thin line, like who needs to be represented. And I feel like the majority of people who are represented are quote unquote, thick white girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. Very frustrating. And I'm like, you know, Ashley Graham, I think she's beautiful, but she is not the first plus size woman ever. Thank you. You know? Right. We've had other people who are people of color who y'all threw to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And just because they didn't have a J, they weren't felt and fit like J-Lo with an ass, like y'all put them to the side. Like Monique, she's always been a plus size curvy woman. Right. And has always represented black women with that way, even doing the whole skinny, skinny bitches are evil thing. Yeah. Right. And granted, like that also comes with its own problems, you know, mm-hmm. but what she was doing was trying to emphasize the power that black women have for their curves and their thickness, you know? Right. So I kind of wanted to get into that. Um, But I'm going to kind of move into another direction just because I think diet culture and the things that we place on um, dieting specifically it definitely feeds into body positivity in those movements. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask another question. What has been your experience with dieting and body weight and weight management mm-hmm. throughout your lifetime? Um, for me, it's probably definitely sticking to it. 
um, and not competing with someone else. Say you and your friend, it's always been my habit of comparing. You and your mm. friend start a diet together, you're doing the same exact diet, doing the same exact things, and your friend is maybe slimming down faster than you are. Maybe you're not slimming down at all. So then, then it comes into that you're second-guessing yourself. You're looking at yourself, what's wrong with me? What's going on with my body? Why can't I do this? Why am I like this? And then it's like, maybe not self-hate, but not loving yourself as much as you should. Because you're looking at yourself like, ill. Sometimes gross. Like now, at the age of something, 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 I'm confident. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> at, at the this, age of too damn girls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> been, you know what I mean? But at this point, I'm confident in myself. Like I like mm-hmm. all these little rolls and squishy. I'll use my stomach as like a squish ball. Like, you know, I want to de-stress. I'm playing with my role because I love it. Mm-hmm. No one else can do that because then I'll have a little issue with it. But... <laughs> I can do it and things like that. So at this point, I'm cool. But when I was younger, that was my biggest. I would compare it. Like if we all exercise and everything, and mm-hmm. I'm short. So my girlfriends, they'll be my same weight. They'll look skinny. They'll look like models. And I'm like, well, we, we weigh the same, and I'm over here looking like a bag of potatoes. <laughs> so that 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 was difficult mm-hmm. growing up di- in the diet world. Like I've done every single one. Like I've been, mm-hmm. I was introduced to Slim Fast when I was... Um, probably like 10 mm. or 11 mm. because I was Ooh. thick. Tell when me I about was, it. I was thick, so I knew what a girdle was when mm. I was little because I was always taught you need to keep that whole wearing and not looking suggestive. Mm-hmm. You can't have your behind jiggle. You, I knew what control top pantyhose. I'm looking little, like 9, 10, because mm-hmm. I had that I had a behind. <laughs> I had that ass. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, say it. Say it. <laughs> so, say it with me now. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, knowing about that and growing up, I would just drink the Slim Fast, and I was introduced to that. So, that helps to kind of mess with you, especially yeah. being a black woman. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get the look, so you focus on yep. everything else. Um, and you don't want to be taken or looked at um, in a sexual manner mm-hmm. because either you're young or you just don't want that type of attention. But that's just, like, what comes. So, that all factors into the diet to the body image mm-hmm. issues the confidence issues now i've kind of fought through that you, yeah you take me as i am um but yeah that was my issue back in the day mm-hmm. yeah yeah growing up for me it was weird because i was always smaller um when i was a kid like my nickname was string Bean. i was super small but as an adult, I realized that I low-key suffer from um, body dysmorphia mm. because I was always wow. told by a, a major adult in my life that I was Miss Piggy or I was too big or I couldn't shop here. Like, I was, what, a size three? And I was told I couldn't shop at Forever 21. Mm. Size three. Mm. So I... Not, not until I was grown. I mean, I still shop it. <laughs> yeah. I was 21 and I'm far from the string bean. But um, right. I was like, those things were always in the back of my mind. And then growing up, like, once I got to college, I started, you know, just gained a freshman 15 and, mm-hmm. and the sophomore 30. <laughs> <Hello? laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is with my doctor, like, even I've noticed now there's been a change in the conversation with my doctor because before even when I was smaller my doctor would be like well you have to eat this way you have to lose weight because your BMI is off I have the same doctor now and it's a totally different conversation it is a 
would you like to? Mm. Versus you have to, here's the info. Mm -hmm. And, or previously she just wouldn't say anything at all. Same doctor. So I don't know if it's like the culture changing and them talking to doctors like, hey, you can't do this no Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't say this to people anymore. Um, But like I've done keto and it got on my nerves. Like I was yo-yoing on and off, on and off, on and off the past year. Uh, I mean, it worked, but it was not sustainable. Mm. Like, a lot of people, it was like, I would see all these people in a group like, oh, I lost 100 pounds. You know how much cons- uh, sodium you're consuming on mm-hmm. keto? Oh. Because you don't get, like, you have to drink water to flush some of that salt out of your body. But um, I think, because for me right now, it's more so like I want to... Not lose weight for society, but because I want to... There's things I want to do on my bucket list mm-hmm. that I can't do at a certain weight. Mm. Like, um, like you know, Fee, she went indoor skydiving for her birthday. I was over the weight limit. I couldn't do it. I was like, oh, what? Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, time to get my life together. When you start keto, you have to keep going. And breaking your diet is not beneficial. So I said, talk to you, I talked to before about how my doctor kind of changed the way that she talks to me about weight gain. So my weight between my GYN appointment and her appointment, she was a little shocked at the number. And that's because I was yo-yoing my body on and off keto. Mm. Because I wasn't preparing like I should have. With mm-hmm. keto, you if you do it, you have to plan and you should also consult your doctor first. Like, I'm someone who drinks a lot of water naturally, and I don't consume a lot of salt. So when you're on keto, you're increasing your salt intake. So if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, keto is not for you. So oh. consult your doctor first. Because a lot of your foods are high. Like, you're encouraged to eat bacon. Yeah, high fat. High fat, mm-hmm. low carbs. Low carb. Dangerously low carbs. Because yeah. you want to trick your body into getting rid of the fat that you already have. Mm-hmm. So I ballooned up in a short, I think I gained like 30 pounds in like three months. Wow. Like it was crazy. So I'm like, I'm not doing keto anymore. I'm just going to do, a, I call it life adjustments. <laughs> so it's, I can do lower carbs. Mm-hmm. And because of keto, I'm more aware of what's in things. Because when you're on keto, you have to read labels mm. of things. Like, you never realize how much sugar is in the simplest of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't use, I can't use ketchup. Mm. So, you use ketchup on keto. Like, you can use mustard. You can use mayonnaise. But you can't use ketchup. You have to get uh, the, tam- the tamari so- soy sauce. Mm-hmm. It's like the gluten-free soy sauce. But that's because the sugar in soy sauce. So there's Mm. a lot of things that you're not thinking about that we consume on a daily basis that has a high concentration of sugar. And I think that's just based off of the American way of eating. Everything has sugar. So what I find interesting is in your journey, like with your journey, you were doing keto Mm -hmm. and fee. She talked about knowing about Slim Fast and um, those dietary supplements when she was like nine years old. And that's very young. Um, I learned about weight loss and tracking my weight and stuff, um, when I was in high school, but growing up, 
that was always something somebody in my family always brought to my attention, always mm-hmm. calling me fat or saying I was thick and checking out my thighs and shorts and stuff like that. So I was always made aware of my body mm-hmm. and that it was a problem to a certain person in my in my family, you know? Yeah. So I would... I wouldn't, I didn't really pay it any mind because it wasn't a resounding thing in my family. But when I got towards, when I got in high school and I noticed, um, like a certain level of fitness that I had versus the kids who were also my age, like I started paying more attention to it. And that's Mm -hmm. when I started doing more dieting and stuff like that too. But I think it's interesting that we're pointing out like keto, slim fast, um, Oprah is a big proponent of Weight Watchers. We have all these different diets, but even with these being like different diet choices, like there, if you don't incorporate certain things in your lifestyle, then how will you improve up on your weight? Or um, knowing and reading nutrition labels and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's like a certain education level you're going to have to have in order to be successful in these quote-unquote diets. And it's like, why should that be the case? You said that you went to your doctor and they're telling you how to manage your weight and all these other things, but I just feel like all this stuff is motivated racially and it's not for us. Because statistically speaking, women of color, um, Latina, and black women in particular, we always are going to have a higher percentage of body fat, uh, a higher BMI. Mm -hmm. And they're not factoring into those things. They're factoring into those standards because of white people and right. white women, you know. And I'm reading this book called Fear in the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. And in that book, I'm learning about the different origins of um, racial biases in weight loss and um, and what she's talking about is basically, you know how... Charles Darwin and eugenics like he had a lot of racial racially motivated things to say about black people Mm -hmm. and our capacity for knowledge and stuff like that and it's kind of like the same thing like um she was talking about how in the 20 in the dawn of the 20th century like the United States we were like our country was the main country that did the um, anti-fat, the fat phobia, and the slim, the pro-slim movements, mm-hmm. you know, and it transitioned across the world, which I'm not surprised because we have a thing about weight with women. We have, you know, different things about lightness and darkness and skin complexions. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a huge issue globally, but that's something that transpired in the United States. I wanted to read this quote because I want to get y'all thoughts on it. So it, this is in her introduction And she says that, and by the early 20th century, slenderness was increasingly promoted in the popular media as the correct embodiment for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant women. Not until after these associations were already in place did the medical establishment begin its concerted effort to combat, quote-unquote, excess fat tissue as a major public health initiative. In this way, the phobia about fatness and the preferences for thinness have not, principally or historically, been about health instead they have been one way the body has been used to craft and legitimate race sex and class hierarchies these findings further reveal that the slender ideal and fat phobia are distinct developments as they are often treated in the literature the fear of the imagined quote-unquote fat black woman 
was created by racial and religious ideologies that have been used to both degrade black women and discipline white women. So she's kind of making the argument in her book that due to um, Protestant faith and um, basically the idea of being similar to a black woman, like they created this fear that fatness was ashamed or like something to be negative and like they're using the idea of you being similar to a black woman as the shame and fear that you should be slender or thin because even looking at looking all all these like um renaissance pictures and portraits you see all the people are full and fat they have fatter faces Mm -hmm. so when did this idea of slenderness and um thinness become a big thing mm-hmm. and she's saying historically it's going to be in the 20th century which we can kind of see that because mm-hmm. growing up we're 90s kids you know or late 80s kids and we were seeing that um images of white women with big boobs and small butts and small thighs and small everything else mm-hmm. and that was the projected image to us and so a lot of women um, were getting plastic surgery and stuff to resemble those bodies. Mm-hmm. And now that's stuff that's in like medical literature. And then you have your doctor coming to you and telling mm-hmm. you that you need to lose a certain weight. Right. And so I'm just like, I don't understand how this is all correlating. Like, how did they make this thing legal where you can discriminate against somebody against their weight? Right. You I know? think it's capitalism, honestly, right? You think about who has access to healthier foods. What does it cost? Because food in certain places are more expensive than others. Mm -hmm. Like when I lived in California, the food was so cheap compared to here. Like it's ridiculous how, and also I had like access to farms. I can go to a farm and be like, hey, I want to buy some avocados. I want to buy some eggs. You can do stuff like that. But in the city, there aren't that many grocery stores that people have access to. And also think about our generation like we grew up with horrible food like horrible food like all the sodium that's in the little snack you know the lunchables mm-hmm. i mean it used to be lit but there's so much sodium in lunchables yeah like every meal do you could buy cookies there's so you know so and many carbs that you're about, eating i was just thinking about how i used to tear up some steakums and oodles and noodles mm-hmm. Ooh, easily mm-hmm. with like huggies mm-hmm. and like Sugar capri water. suns and just i just thought it was so good and sir, i can't and eat it sandwich, yeah. Uh, yeah. i can't even eat that stuff no more it mm-hmm. messes my stomach up so bad so it's it's just crazy because i'm just thinking about like how um even with that um, incident with Jillian Michaels and Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Like, Jillian Michaels, who we all know is was a trainer on The Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. which was a show about people losing weight and it being dramatic. And that's that, that right there would go to show you that weight loss um, is more of like a lifestyle change rather than a dramatic diet. Because yeah. a lot of those people were being, their bodies were being pushed to the absolute limit. Like mm-hmm. throwing up while they were on exercise machines and passing out and stuff like that. And then they would go home and had to try to maintain a certain diet. And majority of the people would gain the weight back. Anyway, so Jillian Michaels was talking about how... Um, she was trying to do this whole cute body positivity thing, but then she decided to spread her little her little knowledge about Lizzo. Like she know her, like she's her diet doctor 
or her dietitian or nutritionist and was saying that, you know, she shouldn't be celebrated and things like that because we don't know her health effects, but she don't know it either. And I'm trying to understand, like, how does that, how, well, that is the main issue that I want to point out is that, um, there is a fat phobia and there is a fat shaming that goes along with this literature that you have these doctors, Mm -hmm. um, promoting and these, these people who are highly educated promoting in in media because you don't know if she is pre-diabetic. You don't know if she has high cholesterol. You don't know these things about her. Mm -hmm. I could say for, for myself, like I'm like 210 pounds and this is the healthiest I've ever been. This is also the most weight I've ever had on my body. Mm-hmm. And it's because I know how to eat. Um, my cholesterol mm-hmm. levels are normal, if not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I go to the doctor. My my blood pressure is always in the normal range. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, yeah. I have not had any health effects, but people will walk down the street and they might think certain things of me. And mm-hmm. that's just because of what the image is portrayed out there. Right. And I'm like, that's not represented in real life. Right. I don't get it. Yeah, that's why I feel like my doctor is more now like, okay, if you want to, because as long as she's been seeing me, probably since I was 21, so over the past like nine years, I my cholesterol, my blood pressure, all of that is at normal, good level. But, you know, if I wanted to, but whatever. But, but again, what I was saying before about it being capitalist, yeah, I think about it. There's all these fat, sugary foods that exist that a lot of people don't have access to, to healthier foods or they don't now know how to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. But then also diet to being pushed on people, especially with flat tummy tea and, and influencer marketing and mm-hmm. ads. Like you see one ad for Weight Watchers, you're getting everything else you know, under the sun and then you're spending money on diet stuff that you're never going to use. You're signing up for gym memberships to Planet Fitness because it's cheap Mm -hmm. and you forgot to cancel it because you got to go in person and pay a fee. So you don't want to do that. But now you paying Planet Fitness $10 a month and they just keep you your money. Yeah. So it's like this cycle of like, how how are you going to tempt people with a chicken sandwich that has donuts (laughs) as a breakfast sandwich? And then say, you got to lose weight. Mm -hmm. It's convenient. Make healthier food more convenient for people. Put them in more places. And people will start to eat healthier. But it's what people have access to. It's what's cheap. It's what's quick. Have you had, Anthony, um, any, I guess, changes in your diet or anything? Like, were you influenced by anything diet diet culture growing up or now as an adult? There was definitely like when I first started probably when I turned like 18 and could have my own gym membership and stuff and I was like okay I want to be um super muscular bodybuilder type and then realizing doing that I did like a lot of proteins and bars and did all of that um and then started realizing the route that I was going wasn't going to be the body that I wanted. That if I kept on stacking on weight and muscle in the way that I was working to, I was going to be short and stocky. And I was like, that's not even what I want. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, what is? what do I actually want? It took years to be like, this is what I actually want to look like based on what I can look like with mm-hmm. my size and my build. And um, 
this is like the kind of diet and the food that I need to like notice. Like when I eat this, then I'm like, I'm not going to have a six pack when I eat this. Then you know what I mean? So it really was intentionally playing with, okay, this is what my diet is. This is what I need to curve, what I need to change. I need to take out whole milk, like those kind of things. Yeah. And had to really just be like, okay, this is what it is for me. And it's like, I'm happy with it. And there's times that like, I see images like, dang, I wish that was me, but it's like, yo, that's not your body. That's never going to be you. And then remember, we was happy with it. Like, I have to have that conversation with myself yeah. again mm-hmm. and be like, this is where we are. We're happy with this. Like, don't be worried about, like, some of the outside stuff. Yeah. Um, but I never did, like, the diet stuff, but I was definitely on, like, the protein, hit the gym, like, three times a day kind of thing. I was, like, on that track, and I was like, that's not your life. Yeah. But even still... Um, I remember a conversation we had before. I think it was, was it the Advice to Younger Self um, episode that we did? I don't know. But I remember you were talking about how, because you were um, always very slim growing up, that you would wear bigger and bulkier clothes. Like, do you want to kind of get into that and tell us what that was Yeah, like? because like when you're, you don't want to be, even though being slim is not like being fat, it's still like, ooh, you're skinny. And so it's like, wear bigger clothes so, like, people don't notice me and, like, people don't see you then because you hide behind the bigger clothes and it's just, like, I just don't want to be seen. And so I think it was probably when I was probably mid-20s that I started being like, oh, let me possibly buy clothes that actually fit um, and feel comfortable with people actually seeing my body Mm -hmm. and that being... um, And then after that, you have conversations when you're like, oh, this actually feels good to me and people think that you're, like, showing off. Um, kind of like you were saying before, because this fits a certain way yeah. and it grabs people's attention. It's like, I've wore this for me, but then you also have to have the conversation. I feel good about me. Um, and this isn't for everybody else, too, that you also get because it's like, oh, you think because like you're slim that you can wear that and you can show off in front of everybody else. It's like, I'm not showing off. I'm just wearing what I want to wear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much mis- misrepresentation, I feel, um, that's being shown in media and text and stuff about what we're supposed to be doing as body positivity you know mm-hmm. I, it's just like a lack of um other people being shown besides like a, a thick white woman mm-hmm. and i just i want to see more inclusive inclusive um images and i want to hear more conversations talking about it because even when we were taking like a little break myself and anthony we were talking about um we were well i was talking about a friend i have who is taller and he's thick and he always has an issue buying clothes and i recommended two sites to him that i use because i'm not an average height and i'm not an average thickness so i always buy clothes from them and i see that there are expensive sizes for men too and he's always just like he has an issue with that like he's very triggered by um buying certain buying certain clothes and stuff because he feels like they're either going to be too short on him they're going to be too tight they're not going to fit the broadness of his shoulders um they're not going to be the a long enough length for his wrists like stuff right. like that and you were talking about one of your friends who kind of started his own clothing line i don't know if it was because of that or not yeah i don't know if it's because of that but like even here in the conversations it's like we don't have those conversations of men to be like hey i actually don't find clothes to fit me that feel well because we're not supposed to be thinking about clothes you know what i mean that's not supposed to be something that's far from our mind you just wear clothes because you have to but to be like this actually fits me this actually feels good um 
and the like kind of like y'all were saying earlier it's like yo this fits me in a certain place in a certain way but like the way that uh whatever size is for one person looks different for someone else yeah it's the same for men but we don't even have room to be able to have those discussions there's like a lot of men that feel that way but i know i wish i i wish i would have reached out to more guys with that because we don't realize how exclusive um these key words are like body positivity until we're in these conversations like we're just having a round table discussion and anthony is over here having epiphanies about how it it has affected him or the people that he knows or is around and it's like we don't even understand the depth of what this means like yeah we do a whole cute body positivity movement and stuff like that you know because a girl is showing her stretch marks or her cellulite or Mm. she got a little fat this way or but still people are being shamed for things that grow from their body you know we're not seeing people with different um able-bodiedness or like maybe they suffered a burn from acid or from fire you know Mm -hmm. something like that like we're not seeing these images propelled out into the media so it's a little it's it's a challenge for me to accept that i can be a part of this movement like i just know growing up i never see a whole lot of women who look like me who were my size in my space like i'm seeing a few women now but it's still like a stretch you know even some Mm -hmm. of the women who are coming out and they're my size they're becoming slimmer you know i'm just like oh like Issa Rae, she was a good thickness and i'm not saying that is anything wrong with her losing weight or whatever but now she's a lot smaller and i can't see myself identifying with her as much as i used to right so yeah this little girl named dojo Okay, so all right, when she did the move, Mm -hmm. you know, she had I liked her because I liked her body. It was natural. It was real. She had some thickness. She had a little pooch. I'm like, okay, I can work with this. Now if you look at her, she's so gorgeous. Yeah. But I'm like, did Hollywood get a hold of you? Because now that what you had Mm. was natural, now it is you look like a clone again Mm. to all the other people. And I look and you're you get mesmerized as so everybody has the same shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. same everybody, shape, same the same shape. eyebrow shape, and it's it's frustrating. <laughs> same eyelashes. Mm. Yeah, it, I mean it's honestly frustrating. Back in the '90s and things, you had natural beauty, and that's all what I always loved. Like mm-hmm. now, now, it's between so many filters and fillers and face different things. Tune. Face tune. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you. I was looking at myself in a selfie. I did a filter, one with a filter, one without, and it makes you really think. Like, am I really? attractive as attractive because there's so many filters that you can get kind of a skewed vision of yourself Mm -hmm. like accepting people will only post pictures with like the filters on because like well my natural face doesn't look good Mm -hmm. or my natural face has freckles and my natural face you know i'm fair skin i get dark circles you can tell Mm -hmm. when i'm tired it shows right up so um that will make you question yourself so even the makeup videos from like a lot of the influencers I'm like since you know that's not your shade what are you doing Mm. like it'll be Mm. so much lighter and you just like that's not you or I don't know if you've seen the videos that come from Asia where like the women are like taking off like like they're putting putty on like their nose and then they're they're, yeah those videos they're taking, they're putting mm. a contact that have larger eyes, yeah. and then they're taking tape to get rid of the fat and push it up. 
and then you look at you look and they're putting like this this some spray but it makes them look damn near white like literal like mm-hmm. alabaster white white, white white and it's a spray and they're just rubbing it on their face and they're taking these vitamins and you're like who the hell vitamins the hell they're taking by, like all these different like beauty vitamins because as I said before, it all links back to capitalism. Like you want to yeah. look younger, yeah. here's this fifty dollar cream. If you want to have a flat tummy like Kim Kardashian, drink this flat tummy tea. You know, take yeah. this pill, buy this makeup brand. Like, no. Yeah. Like no, it's too much. It it's... reminds me of that TLC song. I'm pretty. Oh, oh. that video used to scare me. I, was say I used waterfall. to cry to that song. <laughs> That and Pretty Hurts with Beyonce. Pretty Hurts. Like, yeah. that yeah. is a fact. The first time I heard thing. it, I cried. Yeah, and let me try to tell you, when back when TLC did their song about wearing clothes that's too big and cover up, I was very thick. And mm-hmm. after I've had my son, you know, I'm not as thick in certain places as I once were. Mm-hmm. But now, because I know my body and I appreciate it, I want that body back. But when I was younger and these songs were out, I hated my body. Not because it wasn't a good body. I was small. I was thick. I hated the attention. Mm. I hated knowing if I was wearing jeans that fit me, you know, because I wasn't never, I've never been a ratchet girl. I've never been a showy girl. Yeah. But if I wore anything that was fitted, not necessarily tight, but fitted, I I knew I'm getting, I'm getting attention. Mm -hmm. I'm getting called. The first time I ever got called um, out my name was by a grown man. Me and my cousin, we were 12 years old. We were walking down the street in Philly. And because of our body shape, not what we had on, because we very much so were dressed like young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, a grown man driving a car, we're 12, driving a car wanted to talk to us. We wouldn't talk to him, kept walking. He called us out our names because we wouldn't talk to him. And I'm a child. So it's like, you have children that are dealing with this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hated my body after that point. I was like, so when that song came out and she was like, you know, you can fix it, your nose if you, you know, and all this other stuff. I'm like, you know, I... I cried. I'm yeah. like, I feel that on so many different levels. I wanted a yeah. reduction. I would ask God, like, just take it from me because I don't want to look like this because I don't want to get the attention mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not interested in it. And it would make me so uncomfortable, even so much when you're in high school and you got to walk in front of the classroom. Oh, what? That was like a nerve wracking thing for me. Like if yeah. I had to go to the bathroom, I did not want to do anything. I would mm. ask to be closer to the front because I didn't want any attention. Yeah. And when I would walk, and then you know the guys, and then some of the girls, you know, they're not all as mature as they may need to, or very conscious about yeah. what they're saying. Um, so yeah, that that takes an effect of Beyonce and TLC. Yeah, yeah what? Triggered. <laughs> triggered. Yeah, that made me think. <laughs> yeah, of, I'm triggered. Um, because when I was doing the research for. Uh, this episode we just recorded of obviously the podcast um megan the stallion got her name from an older man commenting on her body and her stature that she was a stallion she mm-hmm. asked her uncle like you know what does this mean and she found out but it's also when you're when you're younger as a female it's weird when older men comment on your body mm-hmm. it's super weird mm-hmm. like i've always thought that even as an adult i'm like what are you talking ew that's gross mm-hmm. you're like oh you're you have a very attractive son he's gonna break so many girls hearts and you're like why you comment on my child mm-hmm. like that's that's weird it's very gross that's very weird from very young age that we do that with kids and it's really really gross yeah, yeah. Like and it also helps them to develop a complex. I'm like, mm-hmm. develop a complex. You put them out there before they really need to introduce mm-hmm. it. Certain yeah, ideas. sexualizing them. And for what? I don't. Yeah. So people do that, and it is weird. You make you look at it like, what? 
what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are you looking at a child or, mm-hmm. you know, anybody around? Like, how do you really look at that person? Especially, like, when you're out walking mm-hmm. and you see a, a attractive female, whether it be a child, a, a grown woman or a child. Mm-hmm. The, the men, how they look. Some men, how they look when they're walking past. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I'll be walking with my sister or someone and I'll see someone staring at I'm like, hello, how are you? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. I was just having a conversation with one of my friends and this was last night and we were, we were going back and forth trading jokes and it, he's a guy. Yeah. Um, and it was, um, we were, t- this was something so silly y'all. Like we were talking about subtitles on the screen. We were trying to watch a TV show or a movie. Yeah. And I just made the comment like it distracts me like i cannot mm-hmm. watch the tv and the the title subtitles at the same time like i'm always going to read the subtitles and i'm going to miss the image and so he showed me this meme and the meme was a woman and she had big cleavage and then it was a guy talking to her and the woman's face was the movie her breasts were the subtitle and the guy was just like distracted and he's mm-hmm. looking at her breasts which are the subtitles and I was just like I completely went off the conversation about the subtitles and was just like so are men so distracted by titties that they can't look at a woman's face while she's talking it really got into a conversation like that and I became upset um, more so not with him about it just cause we were just trading things back and forth but just about society and all the times I felt like I've been um sexualized sexualized because i was gonna say victimized really because i've been in situations where people just don't eat they look at my 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 butt and my thighs and they talking to me and i am looking them directly in their eyes guys and they're looking straight at my ass talking to me and i'm just like (laughs) are you kidding me like i've never i i just feel like there there's a that's a certain level of disrespect because i was like i know you know, like, this is a joke, but in reality, like, I know y'all were raised to look people in their eyes and give them respect if they're talking to you. Right. And not at their titties and at their ass. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Or how people judge curvier people. So, the other day, um, someone told someone else that my skirt was too small. It's a normal pencil skirt. But I'm thinking, like, because I'm plus size, is that why this was mm-hmm. said? Because anytime someone else wears anyone else wears a pencil skirt, it's fine. But because I'm curvier, me wearing a pencil skirt is a problem. And I was thinking, because they were like, "You're fine," and I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm confused. Am I supposed to wear pants all the time, mm. or, or dresses that come down to my ankles? Like, what's right? Like, that's weird." And that's something that I pointed out earlier. Is like things look different on different body shapes. Right. But that's not represented. When you look at a model on Forever 21's website, mm-hmm. she's normally white. She's normally slender. Um, she's, you she's don't see fat. any curves. Yeah. If, if you see any fat mm-hmm. on her, mm-hmm. like most of those models are very are thin enough. Yeah, they're usually at the bottom, like the bare minimum to qualify for plus size. Like mm-hmm. 14... 16-ish. And you don't see them with you fat know. bellies. Like, you, we got guts. I'm yeah. A, that's why I like your big sister's closet. I've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. But it's a Canadian brand. And what they do is they have a woman that's a true 1X, a woman that's a true 2X, and a woman that's a true 3X. And they don't wear girdles. They'll show you the same dress in each size. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's how 
my belly would look in this one or okay cool she has thick thighs so now i can see what it looks like mm -hmm. and i think that that's something i've said this before that a lot of brands should start doing mm -hmm. because if these are the people who are buying your brands you should represent them even if this is the image you want to use for advertising this is the image that you want to use to actually sell people the product that to me makes more sense or even with men's clothes usually you see the buff model dude there's mm -hmm. no in between now you're starting to hear a little bit more about male plus size mm -hmm. models but you don't really there's not as much work for no, them no. because they're going after the don benjamins of the world mm -hmm. all these you know built or it's really skinny yeah or really skinny or mm -hmm. yeah or like you're uh, like i was going to say asian skinny because their sizing is different too. from ours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they'll go for that look more so than anything else. I just want to know, who is making the rubric and what is the standardization? Because they base everything. The diets is based off of a standardization. Mm -hmm. The clothings that the clothing that we choose, like, I, you know, I sew sometimes and I look at patterns and it's based off of, a standard sizing for mm. women and i'm like when did y'all take these measurements back in mm. 1800s because yeah I it hasn't been like, changed we ain't been these sizes you just in said a that on your time. last podcast for the last season i was listening to and mm -hmm. you were talking about it not they changing haven't changed stuff. it yeah and it's ridiculous i'm like you know all our bodies are changing we're all eating things differently we're mm -hmm. consuming things differently like even because now like a lot of people are eating less meat Mm -hmm. And when you eat less meat, your body gonna change. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what? It, what is happening? Like, there isn't enough um, research and changing, like rule changing, for keeping up with the times. You know? Oh, yeah. Like some, they they need to get together. They need to occupy a you know a store in a mall, pay some college students some credit to take people's measurements. Mm -hmm. And do it all over again because there's so many different options versus what it probably was before. And also, you also have to think about a lot of people were making their own clothes. They weren't buying stuff in bulk like most retailers are now. Like, there's more disposable fashion now than ever. Mm -hmm. So they're like, well, it's spandex, so figure it out. Because even if you are larger than a... And actually... Sizes have actually changed over time so that they're smaller. Like, you ever go thrifting mm -hmm. and you get the same size that you are now, and you're like, why is this so big? Yep. Or why is this? I can wear a size 6. Yep. I ain't wore a size 6 in years. Mm -hmm. I can wear a size 6 when I go thrifting or, like, a size 8 in certain clothes because mm -hmm. the sizing has changed that dramatically where stuff is a lot smaller. So, it's it's crazy to me. I need to know. I, think I need to get setup. to the root. We need to get to the root of the problem. <laughs> and that it's definitely conspiracy. goes to show our culture of, you're right, capitalism. But the main thing is they would rather um, execute a plan for the problem after it's already happened than prevent it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing in dealing with our diets. Um, and that goes into healthcare Because... Mm -hmm. A lot of these doctors, like, did your doctor introduce you to any nutritionist or dietitian? Nope. She just said, come back in six months. And, I'm, and I got to pay her for that. No offense to you and your metal de medical degree, but that is not your, you didn't get a certification in, in food science or in breaking down certain components of food. Your Yours is in the human body and what that's mm -hmm. doing. 
So I'm like, there's a limited mm-hmm. amount of information, but that yeah, we're supposed to take this information mm-hmm. because if we don't abide by these certain rules and we sign certain consent forms when we're in the doctor's office and we say that we don't want to take this certain help, then our insurance is, isn't going to cover certain things. So mm-hmm. it's a bigger system, and that's what is kind of getting into like that little capitalistic thing. So I'm glad you pointed mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. But I just we need to get to the root. Like what is happening at the ground zero? Like who is making the decisions around here? Yeah. We need some change. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I think if you remember what y'all had said earlier, that if it's not sustainable, I think, like, I'm not a diet person, but it seems like none of these are sustainable. It's like there's a, like, goal for you to lose X amount of weight and X amount of time for a certain thing. Like, there's not too many people that are like, hey, I've been doing this thing that, like, I can, is part of my regimen now. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is designed, like, fit into this dress for this event. Mm-hmm. And so I think we also have to have the mindset that it's like, okay, as I'm changing my regimen instead of just, like, being this diet for a specific thing, mm-hmm. what do I need to, like, sustain me um, through life? And what is just a craze that is potentially going to be harmful for mm-hmm. my body and it's not going to give me lasting results? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is. It, it's it's gain. It's money for them to hurry up and get quick money for you. And then you come right back when it doesn't work. And at least you feeling guilty, like, oh, I did something wrong, and now I got to come back. It's like, no, that diet wasn't set up for you to succeed yeah. and for you to mm-hmm. be able to stay on it. And then here you go throwing more money at the next craze. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about that. And um, I have family members who have had gastric surgeries, mm. like multiple family members. And um, some of them, sometimes they'll gain the weight back, and it's not because of the the um, size of their stomach is because of what they're eating, which is why people are gaining certain weight and everything. So it's like it it wouldn't be sustainable in that instance because mm-hmm. you get your surgery and you're cutting off a piece of your stomach or you're getting the sleeves put over it so it's a certain hold and you're getting all these physical effects from it. But if you still continue on with your dieting the way it is, like if you're eating a high-fat diet mm-hmm. or... If you're um, eating simple carbohydrates and stuff like that, and you're not receiving the proper mel- like nutrition, you're still gonna gain that weight regardless mm-hmm. of how much you lost previously because you had a sleeve put on or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you right. know you got a piece of your stomach taken out. So it's a bigger issue. Like yeah, y'all yeah what they got their money going okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a business. It is a business. Oh, yeah, because then you got people going overseas to get plastic surgery done just because it's cheaper, just so they can look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's honestly ridiculous. So one person has actually been more on the positive side of the body positivity movement is going to be Jamila Jamil. Um, she is on um, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays with Tawny Tahiri, something like that. Yeah. It's a character's name, something like that. But she talks about her own story and her own battle with her weight because she used to be plus size. I think she was like blind too or there was a whole bunch of medical stuff going on with her. Wow. And then she got sick and randomly lost a whole bunch of weight, which is why she's smaller now. Mm-hmm. And she's actually one of the people online who calls out like the diet culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she has no problem like calling people out about it. Um, and I think it's people like her who use their power for good. It's like, she understands that, like, she's like, look, I lost weight on a fluke. Like, I was sick. 
Mm-hmm. That is why I lost weight. However, you don't need to lo- lose weight to be beautiful. Because that's another thing. A lot of people mm-hmm. assume, like, I, I had to tell somebody. It got up, like, they got on my nerves so bad. We talk about, like, people in our family commenting mm-hmm. unnecessarily. And they're like, oh, well, you will look so much prettier if you, and I'm like, I'm fat, not ugly. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, as if they're comparative. As if, as if it's one and the same. And right. I think we've been seeing some of that more so in pop culture mm-hmm. of people finally being like, I'm fat, not ugly. There's a difference. Or people don't want to believe the fact that if you are larger, that you are happy with yourself and that you yes, do like yourself. Baby. Which is why a lot of people are like, oh, why is Lizzo? Why is this such? Mm. She's promoting obesity. Mm. No, she's promoting loving herself. Yeah. Like, Regardless, she's so active. Difference. She performs. She is very active on stage. She is Could not... Could be on stage longer than the average person. Okay, right. Twerking with a flute yes. and singing. So right. please... <laughs> Like, come on now. If you can play the flute, twerk, and sing. Because she, originally she wasn't a singer. She didn't start out as a singer. Like, she was a flautist. Like, and she rapped. But she got into singing because of opportunities mm-hmm. and improved whatever. But that still takes a lot of strength to be able to stamina, do that and a lot of stamina. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay. Like. She loves herself. She wants to promote people loving themselves, which is why she came for TikTok. Mm-hmm. Because they took down her video of her on vacation suit. on a bathing yep. in a bathing suit, mm. which was perfectly fine if every other per- other person does mm-hmm. it. But they're like, "Oh, we didn't mean it like that." No, you yes, should did. Mm-hmm. I appreciate um, more celebrities and people who we res- who we look up to in beauty um, for putting themselves out there more. I know Selena, oh, not Selena, Demi Lovato. What the mm-hmm. hell is I saying? Selena Gomez. Okay. Because they were friends. They were friends. But um, Demi Lovato, um, she was on the Ellen Show and she recorded um, She recorded a song when she had first like come back from overdosing and almost dying. Mm-hmm. And she was basically talking about in their interview that that her leading leading up to that overdose it was a buildup of um things going on with body dysmorphia really mm-hmm. like an eating disorder that mm-hmm. was taking place that you know the public couldn't see because mm-hmm. she, i guess she was still in an appropriate weight where nobody could comment but her team that she had had before she had overdosed and like while she was going through that um they were hiding food from her like hiding sugar and stuff from her like when she would like I think um in the clip Ellen was saying that when her team when she came on an episode before her team was saying she can't have this 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 and this and Demi had no idea about it and so it's just like the Mm -hmm. powers that be are working and conspiring Mm -hmm. to create this whole universal image of like just a certain body shape, a certain body type, a certain body weight, and to propel that out and to make money off of it, you know? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that Disney and Nick formula. Cause she yeah. Was, she had her own show, Sunny with a Chance, and then she disappeared. 
but she was also cutting herself. She was going through a lot. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what um, I'm saying. It leads to people having these gross outlooks on themselves about their body images and about the people who they're around. Like, how can you trust a team of people who was hiding food from you? Mm-hmm. Right. And they're supposed to be making sure you're good. Like, that's your team. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be making sure you're taken care of, you know? This makes me, like, when we talk about those class and the conversations that we didn't have growing up, I wish that people would have just said that it wasn't that easy. That's the other thing that is the illusion that it's so easy. I remember when, when I was working out, I would work out and never reward myself by going to Wendy's and getting a burger and fries mm-hmm. and a soda. I'd be like, why this ain't working? Mm-hmm. But everything on TV is like, it's easy. If you just do this, 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 it's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not easy. No. It's not easy for most people. And then it's also the frustration where it's like, dag, why can't I get it right? And why can't I get, because it makes it seem like do this for 30 days and you can have the body, you can look like the yeah. celebrities. They go through hell to get that yeah. and oftentimes have to do multiple training sessions have specific nutritionists and chefs yeah. and it's like you can just have it too and it's like no you can't just have yeah. it like that it's not that easy no. and that's what Fee was saying before about comparing yourself to other people yeah. like I even realized with being on keto I was in a keto group and there was some people where keto was so easy for them and I'm like how is this this easy? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not enjoy rice? Like, how do you go to Chipotle and tell them no rice? I feel like I'm wasting my money. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can, you know, they, they even have, like, keto. Like, you see keto everywhere. They're now branding products and putting keto on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, keto, a lot. keto yeah. bread. Keto, keto ice cream. Keto, keto donuts. Right. Yes. Everything. Like, and even at like, Chipotle, they have yeah. the keto-friendly menu now. Mm-hmm. Keto, 360, paleo. Yeah. yeah. Diet culture is gluten-free, becoming mainstream. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's like, definitely got to take a personal responsibility. Like, um, because there's so many images mm-hmm. out there that you see, so many different products to use, so many different exercise videos, so many different fitness apps, mm-hmm. and fast, and like... I take it so small. So with the little girls at my son's school, like whether they be thick, short, tall, whatever, everybody's pretty girl. Everybody's beautiful. Every single body. I love that. And I'm partial to my little black girls. I am. And I can't help it. I talk to the little girls. Hey, queen. What's up, princess? Young men. Hey, king. What's up? How you doing, sir? Put your head up. And now it's to the point where these little people, they expect that. Yeah. And you would think how, you wouldn't think like, oh, I'm just a stranger. They don't know me. They just yeah. know me as my son's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, hi, you know, so-and-so's mom. And that's it. But since he started going to school and now he's in third grade, every little girl, because I took that, that's like a great weight. I don't want mm-hmm. anyone, I'm a fair-skinned black woman. I'm not no better than nobody. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the same line. I deal with similar things. <laughs> but I do have to acknowledge that the darker skinned little black girls are sitting in the corner by themselves. No, what's up, beautiful? Let me see that smile. And I compliment the smiles. And I wear my natural hair. And it's like, oh, I like your hair. I love yours. I see them braids. If I see them with a new hairstyle, mm-hmm. I see them little ballies. I like click back. I my love them. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's how I address each and every little yeah. child. Was a now has become so much of a habit that I do it when I'm out. Yeah. Because you, they are going to be fed enough negativity. They're going to be fed a whole bunch of things. But if you, if they can remember, mm-hmm. like I remember when I was like four years old, five years old, as they said, I was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That little, those little things like that, they stick out. They hold weight and merit to mm-hmm. these children because. 
the society is going to tell them that they're not pretty. Yes. Society is going to tell them like, no, you're not you're not the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not ideally what I'm looking for. Right. And that can really take down a little. Yes, I remember can. a guy said call me on my name when I was 12. I'm 31 years young. Mm-hmm. So let's fill that up with the positive. And if we keep doing that more and more, maybe not our generation so much, but the next one, and then the next after that, they'll be a little more confident in yeah. themselves. That's yeah. why I love the Lizzo. That's why I love the Tokyo, uh, you know, was it Tokyo Vanity? Mm-hmm. That's why I love them. Yeah, she like, just lost a whole bunch She of lost weight. a whole bunch she's of like weight. Like pounds. But she's not trying to mm-hmm. get light skin. She's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she's just trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You can be fit and be healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be a stick figure. I'll never be a stick figure. You got to yes. make peace yeah. with what Love your body. Like you said, love your body for what it is. Like, mm-hmm. this is my body. I'm going to bang with it because mm-hmm. this is the only one I have. And to put it in perspective, there's some people that didn't make it to the age and don't have the body that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people walking around that had to get a leg amputated. That's people right. walking around mm-hmm. um, had to get a uh, mastectomy. No, they don't have no breasts no yeah. more. They feel like there's men that have to get certain things done to them. They go through um, accidents, okay? And got, I saw one man, he was so handsome before, and got into a, burn, a fire and a pole side of his face. So he had to learn how to re-love himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so as long as we keep having people and they keep being themselves unapologetically mm-hmm. the next generation they'll be straight mm-hmm. but yeah. you have to do unapologetic even like with um, um, Erica and her clothing mm-hmm. you know you come out of your shell a mm-hmm. lot yes and you making do. bold statements I'm gonna do this colorful arm and mm-hmm. yes ma'am and thank you mm-hmm. and you're the best poser in the crew because I can't even I, I love can't look how you look so I mean, I don't take the picture. <laughs> so, like, you see things like that. And I remember when Lizzo first came out and how much it did help you. How yes, much right. you saw, you know, with somebody wearing that, I got this. That's right. That is, confidence is the sexiest thing that you can have. Mm-hmm. And for those few artists that are doing that, it it makes a major difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because it reminded me of that, I don't know if you saw that viral video of the little girl who's going to a hood hairdresser, you know, you go to somebody's house. Who, you know, was saying that she was ugly and just started crying her eyes out. And the woman who was doing her hair did the same thing that you just said that, you know, you do to any, you know, young black female that you meet. And I was like, wow, it's still happening. This little baby was like three. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She looked at the camera and was like, I'm so ugly. The hairstylist stopped. Like, don't you say that. And after she said, don't say that, you know, little girl cried, bawled out. She yeah. couldn't even sit still. She like, a, she had to be cradled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she had to get a hug girl, immediately. Yeah. Loved like, one. she was so, and it, and it hurts that it's still happening. And these are little mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, these are, this, I know. And sometimes I feel like people push off their own it took me becoming an adult to realize that people push off their own insecurities mm-hmm. oh, onto you mm-hmm. and i actually that. had to I, you know i don't have any kids so i had to call out this mom because i don't even think she realized yeah. that she was fat shaming her own daughter she's plus size her daughter's a little bit chunkier but she was she made a comment about her daughter's weight but you just bought her mcdonald's Right. Like, how are you going to fat shame your own child and you just bought her McDonald's? Mm-hmm. You didn't make food for her. You didn't get something healthy. Mm-hmm. You I decided to fat walk. shame your own child when you're not even doing anything for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I called her out. I was like, you may get upset with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you realize this, but you just fat shamed your child. Yeah. And she was like, what? And I was like, you said X, Y, Z. You just fat shamed your own child. And her head dropped as she walked into the other room. Wow. And I was like, and the only reason why I'm saying this is because I don't think that when I was younger, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but a lot of adults don't realize the weight that their negative comments mm-hmm. have on a child's self-esteem. Because mm-hmm. I said before, I thought I was a lot bigger when I was smaller. Yep. And now that I'm larger, I was like, oh, I used to be so small. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can't believe I was ever that small. And it takes a lot to shed that and unlearn that from right. that self-esteem. Yeah. And, and I can look at times in my life where people were like, no, you look good. Actually, I'm attracted to you. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't even hear it, right? Yeah, right. And it takes yeah. so long for you to mm-hmm. unlearn that and get caught. Because the, the truth is that I'm learning is that, like, yo, while we are so many different shapes and sizes, so many people love so many variations of people. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't just love what is seen on the TV. Right. Like, there's right. somebody out there that's going to love you no matter what your shape and size is. Mm-hmm. The question is, when are you going to start loving yourself mm-hmm. and be open to accept that love? And it's like, right. that's the hard part is being like, you know yeah. what? I do see myself as beautiful and deserving that and that's trusting right. that person to saying mm-hmm. that they're going to give me that. It's like, that's the hard part. It is. It's and I'm still hard. working through that. Listen, yes. amen. we are all at this table still working on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Not only just the... the the loving but deserving yeah that is so important it's hard to feel deserving of love when you don't love yourself 110 yep. percent. so it's like if i don't love me like that how you love mm-hmm. me like that? yeah you skeptical you're like wait a minute no really you're lying because mm-hmm. i don't look like so and so and then that's where the filters okay you can't even accept someone telling mm-hmm. you that you're beautiful mm-hmm. because you're so your image of yep. yourself is so skewered and it's so disproportionate to mm-hmm. what you actually are not knowing that people really do enjoy internal per- uh, peace. Like, they want to love the person you are inside and out. Mm-hmm. And you can, that's why you see some people like, oh, why is she with him? Or why are you yeah. with him? Because there's something else deeper. The superficial is telling you the beauty. But there's yeah. more to this life than just the outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's why that I think that the show Love is Blind had a good back idea behind it Mm -hmm. I just wish that they would have had more diverse looks versus everyone being so stereotypically attractive okay like if they would have paired people you know if people would have fell in love with people not even based on their looks because some people are like I don't even care what they look like Mm -hmm. but then you look at all the other people of your gender there and you're like oh okay well I guess all the other people are going to be attractive too Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Like, do I need to watch this Love is Blind show? Because I be... I, mean, I know. <laughs> the way they refer to it, it's like, I already know the storyline, like, but I kind of wow. still want to... You, you're going to want to watch it because yeah. it's... I think what's important about the show is not even... Even if you don't watch the series and you just watch memes on Twitter and then go watch the, the last episode, it's great to see people's growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how people because some people you know didn't get married but they're in committed relationships now because they learn more about themselves from being so open because a lot of them were closed off before do any of us have any lasting thoughts or things that we're going to do for do moving forward um to kind of promote a better body positivity and like 
diet culture atmosphere? Uh, take more pictures. Mm, mm. That's awesome. Cause I don't, cause I don't take that. I'm, Ooh, you, that's a thing right no, there. No, seriously. That's a whole no, like thing. take, that take is, more pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I see, you know, Fee. I'm like, oh, she takes like a selfie every day. <laughs> Maybe I should go into the bathroom and take that a selfie. That would be so cool too. to like do a challenge or something. Yeah, like. Are, are we committing to a challenge? You want to do it? No, that was not that. That was a like, woo, that is a big challenge. I would love that though. That is a big because challenge. Because that's a big thing for me too. I mean, I like, this. I'll a take a more, day, but. 30 day selfie a day. I mean, it is challenge. March. I got it. Sup, short. No, of course you got it, Fiend. You see, I, I take <laughs> selfies because sometimes you don't feel pretty. And I, I literally have a thing. If you go in the mirror and you smile for 30 seconds, you're going to change the thought process of your brain. You're going mm. to be happy. It's going to force it. Not all the time am I happy. It. That's Not right. every time do I feel beautiful. Not Look every at time. Like, you having, <laughs> having so like, many you moments. Get, you getting that camera, you know what? No, I am. I am the baddest. And that's yikes, period. I am I am I what I think I am. So let me, let me take this picture. And it's an ego booster mm-hmm. i want to feel good that's right i want to feel sexy i want to feel and if you're a man i want to feel happy yeah i want to feel sexy shit <laughs> so you know take your picture and it's worth it and if don't nobody like it you like it mm-hmm. and once you start liking yourself no matter what anybody else compliments or mm-hmm. likes about you there's so many things that want to be attracted to you whether it be a lover whether it be a friend whether it be a career opportunity that's because right. confidence brings in a lot mm-hmm. of great things Mm-hmm. I'm with the challenge. I, I, That's I I like that. I like we it. we could fan this out some more. Yeah, but I I want to open that up to some of our listeners too. Like that'd be dope. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see your selfie for today. That'd yes. be cute. Okay. All right. Um. Someone else go. This is exciting. Let's <laughs> 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 it. Your turn. <laughs> That was also slash homework because I was like, what is my? I always That's gonna be like, a homework. Like, what is my That's homework cool. gonna be? I always try to think. Oh, <laughs> All right. I, I think mine is just really um, being patient with yourself and really yeah. getting to know your body. Like, people really just do not take the time to be like, when I eat this, this is how my body reacts. This is what works for me, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. Yes. Um, and I would say just do that journey with yourself. It is beautiful because, again, those diets are just, like, for the masses mm-hmm. and, like, the advice that you get are for the masses. But what works specifically for you? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So that that would be mine is take the time. It's a fun journey to be like, yo, you know what? Because, like, I can eat a dozen of cookies like nothing happened. But, like, let me drink, like, a can of soda. And it's like, oh, I can tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just getting to know and right. be like, you know what? Actually, this is what I can cheat and get away with and these are the things that I can't it's like do that with yourself like, yeah. get to know yourself in that way definitely you wanna go I definitely have one. Oh, good so I've been doing this a lot lately because of the whole body thing I'm a little thicker sometimes I'm a little thinner sometimes a little thicker I have a full length mirror in my room stand in the mirror naked I do that stand in the mirror and just look at yourself be like you okay and it, it, it touch yourself if you feel like it but really explore you mm-hmm. and it can be as organic as you want it as raunchy as you want it doesn't mm-hmm. matter but stand in that mirror and be naked and that. allow yourself to be mm-hmm. and that's what we don't allow ourselves to always trying to like let me just sit up this way mm-hmm. let me do this mm-hmm. let me and adjust it to make it look good and right make it fashion <laughs> mm-hmm. but really just stand there and really it, it, and and love yourself touch it if you got stretch marks touch your stretch marks yeah. you got scars touch your scarves um because those are the great things that make up who you are mm-hmm. so if you don't love every aspect of you no one else is going to ever love every aspect of you 
you gotta really enjoy yourself. So I would suggest that. Yeah. Stand in the mirror naked. My thing that I wanted to add, I like the when you're talking to the kids and you're calling them king and queen yeah. and beautiful. I've started to do that more with my little cousins. Um, I want to do that more with my nephews. I didn't even think to do that with them. Yeah. But I do want to make sure, and I don't want to be creepy, like, you know, but I definitely want to emphasize to the children in my life that I'm comfortable with. And even like little stranger kids, if I have the opportunity to, um, evoke positive messages in their lives mm-hmm. because yeah, like, I, I see think you it's holding important. the door open for your mom. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's right, young man. I, yes. think <laughs> I think that is so important because, you know, we're talking about how we were triggered as children and just to know that from those small ages that they can be, like, that we've seen painful things happen to these kids, like, it yeah. can be something that can be done and I want to I wanna make that my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that, so... But yes, this was an awesome discussion. Yes. yes. Um, I definitely appreciate having all of you be so vulnerable and open to your journeys about your bodies and what these things are doing, you know, in your lives. Um, so, uh, homework. Classmates, classmates, get out your pins and papers, get ready to take down your homework. I mean, you just plugged your homework for us. So, uh, you want to do it again? Sure. So, <laughs> my homework is going to be a 30-day selfie challenge all right regardless because even with me being a grandma in the house like get dressed take put on a bra like stop <laughs> put, on a bra. put on a that's bra that's real because <laughs> when i'm home and a bra come out, don't text me to come out because i'm not what if the, i'm home the, i'm chilling the I'm babies are gone oh, <laughs> it's a wrap it's a wrap okay I'm lucky if I have on any undergarments, but we gotta tag you in that too. Tag <laughs> I Slay. Yeah, give your social media because we're gonna sure. tag you. Sure. Uh, so the podcast is called I Slay the Podcast. It is at I Slay underscore Pod. And my personal that way you can hold me accountable because mm-hmm. you be like, wait a selfie. <laughs> um, hit sl- slide in my DMs. Um, it is going to be at underscore C-E-L-I-S-S-E underscore. So it's at underscore Celeste underscore. I like that. Oh, my gosh. Anthony, you going to do this 30-day challenge? I'm going to do it. Oh, he's doing it. it. I'm going to do it. You got to tag, too. Okay. I'm yeah, you got to put him up. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, mine's is to read this book, Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. Um, I found it at the library for the free because I don't play them bunny games. But um, yeah, like utilize utilize your resources too when you're finding them. Um, it's not available on Audible. Anthony already checked and he was mad about it. <laughs> he said he gonna he said he gonna um tweet Sabrina Strange yep. and be like, "Girl, what's up with the Audible? Yep. What you doing?" You know, um, but you can find it. Yeah, toys. yeah, what? Amazon. But you can find it on Amazon, of course. They have a Kindle read. Um. But if you want the in-person book, you can definitely find it at your local bookstores, Barnes & Nobles, um, wherever you're getting your books. And I get mine for the free at the at the library. So, yeah. Anybody else want to plug a homeworks? I have one. Okay. So I'm going to plug in um, some of my favorite workout songs that specifically talk about bodies. Ew. So Summer Walker's Got Body. That's the name of the song, Body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... Pretty Ricky, y'all know, has your body, mm-hmm. but they just dropped a new song called Body. And it was fire. <laughs> it I'm was glad, fire. I'm glad that you agree. I love it. And then my girl Miller J also has a song Body. 
Um, and I guess my other homework would be I have like two different playlists. I have like a workout playlist, and then I do have one that's like a um, a that body though playlist. That's like when you feeling good about your <laughs> that body. Body, that though. body though. So make yourself a playlist. Make yourself a like good job. That. You did the damn job, and then this is what I need to do to get through the workout playlist. Yeah, that's also, I'm about to say also mm. it's gonna be a this is Anthony's selfie playlist because he finna take these selfies in this I'm challenge. I'm gonna be texting you every time I do it. Like, mm, I did it. I did it. Good. I, I love it. I hook up my Alexa and make Alexa play the playlist. I love <laughs> that though. I think that's this is so cool. Go ahead. Oh, I don't have any homework. Um, well, no, I guess. Yeah. I want to kind of. I saw something in regards to. Um, well, not in regards to. I saw a meme, and I kind of really liked it. And because we were talking about triggers, I um, kind of want to stick with it. Hmm. So it says, when um, someone triggers you. Let go of your ego. Remember, if you are easily offended, you are easily manipulated. Ooh. So I want to work on checking the ego. Because a lot of times we go through things or have a conversation with somebody mm. to bring us back to a time. Or maybe we're dealing with a friend and they might trigger something in mm. us and that might change our disposition. I want to work on that ego aspect and not allowing my mood or my disposition or my mentality to be manipulated in mm. any kind of mm. way. So that way I can still have ownership of self. Because when you allow your emotions and the ego to get ahead of you, you're not owning yourself. That's Someone a whole else. episode, yo. <laughs> so that's you gotta come back for a whole episode, yo. <laughs> Isn't she great? Because, yo, but for She's real, amazing. though, She's like, amazing. we need to have conversations about because everybody's like, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I'm triggered. And it bothers me that nobody wants what to do anything do about, about it. it. Yes. Like, and, like, do when do we it? change the mentality? Like, you're triggered and right. what? Moving forward, what's going on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What we want to do to combat Love that. it. All right, so so let's already gave her um, social media. Fee, you wanna you wanna shout yourself out on the I social mean, media I'm, tips? Listen, followers, okay. yes. All right, so on the Instagram, I am F E L I C E underscore ninety eight oh one. So Felice underscore ninety eight oh one on the IG. Yeah, check for her. Because she be out there putting that positive stuff out in the, in the universe. I got the good vibes. All right. Yeah, affirmations. Good vibes. Good vibes. Y'all have daily affirmations. Yes. Thursday, Thursday oh. dance class. Yes. What? Okay. That's a part of me something. trying to work on my confidence. Awesome. I do dance class. <gasps> well, it's him. So it's um it's called, what's it called? Hill? Hill work? I do bare, so uh-huh. barefoot because I can't dance in heels yet. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's just a whole bunch of being sexy in the mirror, trying to get Damn. your confidence up, trying to love on you, and just be focused on you. So I'm trying to own that aspect of myself. That's right. Mm, this is good. All right, we'll plug ours. Yes. And so we are No Class no class Podcast on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google, and Facebook, and IG. That's right, all of them. <laughs> when you go to our Twitter, you can find us at No underscore Class Podcast. And you can email us at the no.classpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, hit us up with show ideas. If you would like to be a guest, if you have an event coming up, hit us up. If you're listening to us on one of those streaming platforms, make sure you rate us. Make sure you comment. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate all of the um, feedback, all the pushback. We want it all. So thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you so much to our guests um, for this beautiful episode that we had um, that we rarely get to have. Like, there's lots of topics that we have we rarely get to talk about, but this one I felt like was really, really special. Um, so classmates, make sure y'all stay melanated, hydrated, and glowed up, and we will see y'all next time. Bye bye.